Welcome to the Weekly Standard Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Graham. With us, Michael Warren with the Weekly Standard. And two races that I didn't think would be focusing so much on at this point, Michael, Colorado and Georgia. And if we were, I thought the news would be completely backwards from where it is. It's really a kind of surprise, good news, bad news for the GOP. Yeah, absolutely. I guess we should maybe start with the good news for the GOP in Colorado. There's a new poll out today from USA Today, Suffolk University, says uh, Republican Cory Gardner has 46% support and Mark Udall has 39% support. I think that's the lowest that uh, Udall has had in pretty much any you know, mainstream poll this entire race. And it's really been a success story for uh, for the Republicans this year. This is not a seat they sort of set out thinking this, this, is, this is a win for us uh, for sure. And now it's looking more and more like that's the case. I think this is the fifth straight poll that has Cory Gardner ahead. Uh, and it's just uh, quite a success story for the Republican Party. Not only that, but uh, I know David Palalogos with Suffolk University Polling, and he's you know got a great reputation for accuracy, so that's good news, too. What do you think it is about uh, this race in Purple State, uh, Colorado? One of the numbers that jumped out at me is just how uh, amazingly poorly Mark Udall is doing among white voters in general. And, you know, of course, there's a lot of focus on minority vote outreach, and that's all important. But still, the majority of voters are white. And if you are losing two to one among that group of voters, it's just a, you're in a tough spot. Yeah, I think this all began with Obamacare. Uh, if you look at uh, Colorado uh, about a year ago, lots of people losing their coverage, lots of people seeing higher premiums. Uh, Colorado was just one of those states that was uh, that was seeing this news on their local news on, in their newspapers every single day, and I think that weakened Utah. Or at least, uh, you, you, if I remember some of these polls back in January, before Cory Gardner had even gotten in the race, uh, that showed Utah had weak support. That he was associated with Barack Obama and with Obamacare because he was, of course, one of the Democrats that voted for it. And, and so I think you started to see some of. Uh, the foundation on which you'd all uh, had his support in Colorado kind of shaken by that. And then it's just been downhill uh, for, for you all from there. I think he was really caught off guard by the decision by, uh, by Cory Gardner to jump in. Uh, there was this whole, uh, uh, a whole other groups of uh, uh, Republicans who were, who were thinking about running for the Senate and Cory Gardner had said, I'm not really interested. And I think Gardner saw a few polls, a few internal polls that, that had him uh, maybe the best, uh, in the best position to win, and he jumped in and really shook up the race. And I just don't think Udall was able to recover. Uh, and then finally, this uh, this latest uh, uh, sort of effort by Udall and the Democrats to paint Cory Gardner as an extremist on abortion, that he wants to ban contraception, uh, has to do with this personhood amendment that Gardner once supported uh, in uh, in theory, but but has now said he doesn't support anymore, has really backfired on Udall. I think. Uh, he, he, he took a maximalist approach on abortion uh, and, and was really, frankly, kind of stupid about it and, and, and has allowed uh, Cory Gardner to look like the reasonable one in the race. And, and all of that, I think, has, has contributed to, uh, to where we are today. Well, and there's another aspect, too. There's been a lot of uh, conversation, particularly here on the Weekly Standard podcasts. And if you've missed any, by the way, you can go to weeklystandard.com and, and listen to previous podcasts um, about the strength of Republican candidates that, that a good recruiting year, if you will, and Cory, Cory Gardner is maybe the best example of that, a guy who comes in and immediately makes the race more competitive. But one thing that struck me that I don't think it's got enough attention, Michael, is just how crummy these Democratic senators are at politics. I mean, Mark Udall... 
is a really is a truly unimpressive person. Just when you hear him speak, when you listen to his arguments, some of the uh, you know when he did the uh, interview with the uh, Denver Post um, editorial board, you're just going, oh my gosh, this is a U.S. senator. I had a social studies teacher who was smarter than this guy, and I think you're seeing that across the board. It just uh, these uh, uh, just because you're in the U.S. Senate, as John Kerry repeatedly proved, doesn't mean that you are particularly a talented politician or a great mind. Udall is a perfect example of what you're talking about. If you look at his history, he was a House member from a very liberal uh, district in the Denver area. Uh, he was elected in 2008. I mean, that, that's the year Barack Obama swept the country. I mean, he swept Colorado and has really kind of risen, uh, not based on any of his own particular skill as a politician or or <laughs> or anything else, but the fact that Colorado was, was steadily turning blue and st- turning Democrat. I think uh, the chickens are coming home to roost for him on this because he's really proven himself. As you, as you said, there was a, he had an interview uh, a couple of days ago with a local Denver uh, TV station. It was sort of one of these lightning round, yes or no, uh, one word answer type questions. And, you know, will you repeal Obamacare? No, uh, those kind of questions. Uh, one of the questions went right by him. I, I was surprised nobody stopped him and said, wait, well, what did you say? Uh, he was asked, uh, is, is Common Core good or bad? for uh, Colorado students. Mark Udall just said, yes, <laughs> he didn't really answer the question. And so I think that he, he's really been caught off guard by this challenge. And uh, look, the, the, the polls just indicate that he's, gonna, he's going to lose because, of, uh, because he really wasn't uh, well positioned in the first place. So there's some potential good news for the Republicans. The potential bad news, Georgia, which has a Republican U.S. senator, if they flip with a win by Michelle Nunn, it's a twofer for the Democrats. It means that they've got to not just win another state to uh, you know, break even, but a state after that for Republicans to take the uh, majority. Why do you think it is that uh, Republicans in a red state like Georgia are struggling? Latest poll out today uh, shows David Perdue down by two. Well, this has been the question I've been asking people in Georgia uh, this past week. If you look at uh, the 2012 election, Mitt Romney wins by nearly eight points in Georgia. It's a Republican state, but it's also changing and and, and it's becoming uh, less Republican, less red. Part of this is demographic and part of it is what happens when one party has been in control of the state for a decade and a half, which is, has been the case in Georgia. Uh, I think David Perdue, who's the Republican nominee, has uh, been dogged by uh, charges that he's sort of an out-of-touch uh, businessman, rich guy. He, he was on, on record as saying that he was proud of outsourcing uh, back in 2005, uh, in a deposition, it's a little more complex. He was talking about uh, he was talking about resources and not necessarily jobs and people. But I think it really plays into this idea that Republicans are are out of touch and only for the wealthy. Um, despite all that, I'm actually uh, this past week in my reporting on this a little more optimistic for Republicans uh, in Georgia than I was, if only because the demographics aren't as great for Democrats as they think. Uh, this is still a Republican state. And, uh, and, and uh, I actually just got off the phone with uh, someone from the state party who's walked me through a lot of their get-out-the-vote efforts, and I think there's been a real sort of culture change in that party uh, in terms of thinking about actually getting people to vote. So uh, I, I still think this is too close for, uh, for Republicans uh, to be comfortable about it, and uh, it's almost certain to go to a runoff, I think. I do think that David Perdue is better suited to win uh, in the runoff uh, than, uh, than, than, than none is. 
Uh, you know, it's one of the recurring themes from people who are uh, doing the math for the Senate as well. Uh, even if Michelle Nunn wins the uh, or gets more votes in the uh, election, once they go to the runoff, it all changes. Republican turnouts more motivated. Uh, older folks who tend to vote Republican definitely showing up. The black vote will probably be lower, etc. Uh, and here's what's interesting to me: the runoff isn't until the 6th of January of 2015. And one of the issues that is very problematic for Democrats in Georgia is illegal immigration and amnesty. And so the question, Michael Warren, is let's say Michelle Nunn comes out, you know, 46 to 44, you know, against David Perdue. Is the White House really going to dump their, you know, planned massive amnesty program in time to remind voters in Georgia how much they really don't like amnesty when it's time to decide in the final vote in the runoff? I think all of those things are, are, are evidence that, that Republicans are, are well-suited in a, for a runoff in Georgia. I think you're absolutely right that if the, you know, we don't know exactly what the makeup of the Senate will be, uh, even if the, this race goes to a runoff, it could be that it doesn't really matter in terms of control of the Senate, uh, but that is certainly would be a motivating factor for getting Republican voters out. Uh, I'm just dreading uh, my, uh, my parents and my in-laws both live in Georgia, and so we'll probably be there for Christmas, which means I'll Anytime I try to watch uh, football or anything on TV, I'll have to watch campaign ads uh, over over the Christmas holiday, which just is, uh, sounds just terrible for me. Well, I live in Georgia and uh, do talk radio here, and I will tell you that the talk radio listeners are uninspired by David Perdue. And in general, there's not a lot of heat about this race. The biggest... Uh, Moment, flashpoint came when uh, yes, late yesterday people started seeing a mailing sent out by the Georgia Democratic Party. I think it's important to emphasize this. It was from the official state party, not from a third party group or an independent expenditure. And it was an appeal, don't let Ferguson happen again, vote Democrat. And it made a very explicit appeal to black voters that if they don't vote Democrat, young black children are at risk of being killed by white people. And this was a statewide mailing that the party defended. And I think what that shows me, Michael, is that they really are counting on this being a base versus base election. And they're thinking, we've just got to crank up our base vote to 11 to uh, quote Spinal Tap, and that that's really our only chance, which is another sign that Republicans must be in pretty good shape. Oh, I agree with that. I think this is a real problem for Democrats, even in states like Georgia, where uh, they're maybe better suited than they, uh, better placed than they are in other states. It's that it's a midterm election. <laughs> Democrats just can't turn out uh, midterm uh, in midterm elections the way they can in presidential elections and and, and that that ad is is, is uh, that mailer is really designed just to do one thing which is to get uh, black voters in Georgia uh, interested in the election or even alert them that there is an election I read somewhere that uh, many black voters don't even know that there's a uh, midterm election which is just a huge problem for Democrats uh, and and I really actually can't believe. Uh, I've seen a lot of, the, uh, of these things. I really can't believe that it's the actual state Democratic Party who put this uh, Ferguson ad out there. But, you know, uh, I guess now now I've seen everything. Well, no, not everything. I'm sure we will go even lower, <laughs> but uh, that's the advantage. I'm going to ask you a question unrelated to these two states as we wrap up here, Michael. Uh, setting Georgia and Colorado aside, the state where you think Republicans are going to be surprisingly pleased and the state where you think Republicans are going to be uh, painfully disappointed. 
I think they're going to be surprisingly pleased in uh, North Carolina. I wrote a, a somewhat pessimistic piece a couple weeks ago about Tom Tillis and, and Kay Hagan, and they were sort of battling for uh, who would lose uh, the most. Uh, I really think uh, Tillis has turned things around, uh, focusing on national security, uh, and will be uh, better positioned. He's led in a couple polls now uh, than he was uh, a, uh, a few weeks ago. I think where they might be a little uh, disappointed, it could be actually be Louisiana. Uh, that, that is a, another state where there's going to be likely to be a runoff. Uh, Bill Cassidy is the Republican there running against Mary Landrieu. Uh, and uh, it, this is one of these sort of uh, jungle primaries. So they'll definitely go to a runoff in December. Uh, and uh, Bill Cassidy is a uh, competent a Republican candidate uh, is not setting anyone on fire, uh, and uh, and I think that uh, Landrew is maybe not uh, completely dead quite yet. So that would be at least a state I would watch. I'm still actually pretty optimistic uh, for Republicans uh, to take over the Senate uh, and and take over pretty big. Uh, Mike Warren with the uh, we- with Weekly Standard. Thanks so much for joining us for this podcast. I appreciate your time. Thanks, Michael. You've been listening to the Weekly Standard Podcast. Please be sure to check weeklystandard.com regularly for podcast updates. I'm your host, Michael Graham.